Hello and welcome to the Casually Hardcore Podcast, Episode 7. My name's Brian, and with me, as always, is Chris. And joining us for the first time in work to game and podcast history, Ryan, a.k.a. the Night Sky Prince, cosplayer, Final Fantasy fan, just recently has played through all of Final Fantasy XIV, has caught up on the story. And what I wanted, and I'm so happy that you're able to make time, Ryan, I want to give you uh, the floor here in just a second to kind of introduce yourself better than I just did. Um, but I'm really excited because you have uh, played through all of 14 and now Endwalker just freaking drops, right? Yes. And so it's like, I want to get some of that like real excited energy from you. But Ryan, why don't you take some time, introduce yourself to the work to game community. I think a lot of them probably might know you. We've already seen people in chat already say, hey, I know that guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but for, for those of you watching, uh, you know, whether you're live with us or after the fact, floor's yours, sir. Go ahead. All right. Well, my name is Ryan. I'm also known as the Night Sky Prince on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, you probably know me as the guy who makes a bunch of Final Fantasy videos. I've been making Final Fantasy videos for, uh, I think, next month will be the four-year anniversary that I've been doing this. So, um, decent, decent amount of time now. Uh, I cover pretty much everything in the series. 14 was always a sort of like gap in, in in my knowledge of expertise and uh you know people used to always ask me like why aren't you playing final fantasy 14 i was like that's a good question and uh you know so recently i i have had time to go back and indulge myself on msq because uh i'm technically not new to final fantasy 14 per se uh i actually played um when the game first came out and i mean first first came out 1.0 um, which I, I have a story there, which we should probably touch upon. Let's, let's do it. Pretty... Yeah, let's do, talk about that. Uh, do you want to go straight into it? Oh, say, boy. Let's just dive oh, right boy. into it. Let's rip off the band-aid. <laughs> oh, boy. So my Final Fantasy XIV journey began with Final Fantasy XIV uh, 1.0. And my friend, uh, his name is also Brian, actually. He was like, bro, you got to play Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 with me. And I'm just like... And this is this is like 2010 and the game came out and i'm just like dude i i kind of heard that it, it sucks <laughs> <laughs> and he's like yeah it kind of does but like I'll, I'll i'll like literally he said i'll buy the game for you and i'll i'll pay so i was like all right i was like okay he's like i just want someone to to play with me so i was like cool cool and uh you know playing 1.0 you know a lot of times we we talk about <laughs> And I don't, I, I guess it's okay. I was going to say, I don't want to like, you know, just kind of trash the game, but I, I guess, you know, it's kind of open. But when people it's say not, it's not a secret, bad, when people say it's not really a secret, Square even admits to it themselves. When people say a game is bad, 1.0 is bad. Like, <laughs> you think you want to play 1.0, you do not want to play 1.0, <laughs> dude. It was just, um, you, you don't understand how grateful you should be for the jump button. The jump button was not a thing when I was first playing. I, I feel like that's such a holdover from Final Fantasy XI, uh, where it's yeah. like you'd get clipped on, you'd just get clipped on some stuff that was like, hey, why can't I go over this slight hill? Oh, you you, you can't. That's the, And so it's like, man, it'd be nice to be able to just jump slightly just to be able to get over this clipping. And then, well, yeah, 1.0, no such thing mm. as jump. Jumping is something that, you know, other games do. And there was a massive mm. concern with 1.0 and or when they talked about adding jump that like the 14 community was concerned because they were like this isn't wow people are just gonna be jumping around for no good reason it's gonna break the lore and i'm not joking <laughs> anyway please wow. go out at a boss where you were not allowed to jump and like there are raid groups that just have nightmares about that boss because like it becomes such an ingrained habit once you have jump in an mmo yeah. it's like stop jumping You're like i didn't it's like i saw you jump yeah it's such a habit anytime there's like downtime in a game there's intermission it's just a right. bunch of people jumping around you, you you see your friend like walking around and you go up to him and just jump yep. <laughs> instead of like yep. waving or anything you just jump like, hey, it's like, just I people mean... in the capital city just jumping <laughs> yeah that, that's what you do right but um yeah 1.0 1.0 was was super rough and um i think i had dipped out sometime before um dalamud had came down so i actually was not there for that although i wish i was in, in hindsight of course doesn't everyone uh and then uh a realm reborn 
uh, was announced. And so I was like, okay, I'll come back to the game. They, they put a huge effort in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was something that nobody had ever seen before in this entire industry. Uh, people thought that it just was not going to work <laughs> because like who, who has ever remade an MMO from the ground up? Nobody. Not, not, not utilized any of the previous assets or code. It was just completely unheard of. Yeah. Uh, but I, so I, I just wanted to be there, if anything, because I thought it was historical, both for the franchise and for the industry. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And, and it was free, right? Because yeah. I played 1.0. So I gave it a shot. And uh, man, dude, I was I was hooked into uh, 2.0, like nobody's business. And um, when I made my, uh, this is just recently, when I made my Heaven's Word review, some of you may have seen it. Um in there, I talked about, uh, you know, an MMO is good when uh, your professors, your college professors, and like your your, your significant other and other uh, everyone else is disappointed in you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when you know the MMO is hidden, man. And uh, a Realm Reborn was was uh, was hitting like that for me, and so I was I was just really enjoying it, running back and forth, uh, grinding fates because that was the primary method to grind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was um it was it was great man it was great uh uh even picked up the playstation 3 version of the game when when that dropped and uh oh man uh <laughs> the playstation 3 version of that game was oh man I'm, I'm so glad that support was dropped for that like super early on with um with heavensward because i mean right after heavensward because uh ps3 version was <laughs> it was Crystal amazing. I played on. Yeah, I was a PS3 Crystal. with bad internet. That was my entire 2.0 oh experience. My, oh my god! Dude, and so like Titan Unreal and stuff. I'm like, that was such a hard trial fight back in the day. And I'm like, really? And it's like, yeah, it's impossible. Like I would just <laughs> die to things. And I was like, Brian, I was 40 yards outside of that. And he's like, no, you're not. Like I can see you standing. And I was like, no. And I'm looking at my screen on my PS3, and my body is like way off on one side. And it's like, no. <laughs> No, your PS3 didn't send that to the servers. You just, you just died. Like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Yeah. And and then not only that, it ran on like PC equivalent of like the lowest settings possible. Yeah. And so yeah, and so basically it was just it was it was really a nightmare, and the load times were ridiculous. And so, uh, thankfully, I, I had like both PS3 and PC, and I, I played the PS3 version for only a little bit, but. Um, Von the Don Seer says, I dropped the game when I saw how bad it ran on PS3. <laughs> yeah, it ran really It definitely bad. didn't help yeah. me want to, like, I skipped cutscenes through ARR, and, mm-hmm. like, even then I was behind. Like, Brian and them would watch the cutscene and pull the first wave of trash, and I would get there as the first wave of trash went down. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm skipping the cutscene. <laughs> this is also before like, I, they had the and, and auto like, skip cutscene. It's like, I'm watching a load screen, man. Like, I don't, I don't know, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah, and then 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 the, the the PS4 version came out, and of course it ran much 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 better, and that was awesome. Free upgrade, yeah. And it was a free was, upgrade. It was great. Yeah, it was so so much better. It's uh, actually awesome that they're doing that for the PS5, but it's not necessarily removing your PS4 license. I I love how that they're just saying like, okay, yeah, just just download the PS5 version, you're good, and just hopefully that will will hopefully what we'll see that move to is just a straight up playstation license as opposed to like Do you what know what's platform? good about that mm-hmm. is that um when i play games with my friends on wednesdays we, we play xbox games every time somebody in the party has an issue it's because they're one of the few people that has gotten a hold of a series x mm-hmm. every single time somebody's like my game crashed it's like well that's what you get for being on the newest console yeah like like that <laughs> and so knowing that the ps4 pro version runs well on the ps5 the fact that it's going to be a separate client, I think, is really good news because it's like, hey, if the 4K version causes your game to crash mid-Savage, boot up the PS4 Pro version and do your Savage. And you can go back to PS5 when you're in casual content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, so then continuing on, uh, obviously, I, I stopped playing after that. Uh, you know, as it's, I was in college at the time. I had to keep up with my grades and all this other stuff um and uh you know so taking a break from the game ended up being the best thing to do at the time it seemed and the break ended up being years didn't come back until just recently and then uh i had beaten the realm reborn at the time but Mm -hmm. then i had like um what do you call it the 
seventh umbral whatever the the name of the thing is in between uh heaven's ward and, it's so weird uh, they Arame named it that yeah. it's like i felt it's like a big gap i felt yeah. like that name then when they named it that then i was like how cocky are you like it's like the astral <laughs> era is supposed to be an era of peace and prosperity and they're like hey guys we just solved you know we fought off the the garlands they're still a massive threat we've only beaten a small fraction of them but we're gonna go ahead and declare this next era an era of peace and then <laughs> and then bahamut's like f all of you it's yeah. like like who who names an era like usually it's the same it's the same thing with people when they name generations it's like anybody's coming out like this is generation whatever generations end up getting named and classified like years later when you actually yeah. have hindsight and it's yeah. just it just cracked me up that i was like okay and then yeah like nope i that, i think that it's called that but it's i think it's called that almost as a meme yeah <laughs> yeah you really can't name something uh in foresight it's only in hindsight you can really accurately name something exactly um, except for babies yeah, yeah. <laughs> touche touche oh uh, the good God. fella asks what uh, was that cutscene from that's actually the 1.0 launch mm. trailer that we just were uh we're playing i've got lots of little trailers and things like that queued up Did just you to make the flower vases had like 60 billion polygons yeah if you didn't yeah. you should know that they did have 60 billion polygons it was they put a lot of work into those flower vases they were like Flower vases in cities and Bahamut should have the same number of pixels needed. All right, um, so let's uh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So, so you came in now. Why? Why now? Why? Oh man, six point Like, okay, could have so, waited another expansion. Like, oh my gosh, well, it's always a good time. Um. <laughs> so, as as a lot of my followers know, I've had a lot of let's just say qualms with how the single player final fantasy games of late have been going <laughs> in terms of story mm -hmm. um i i really feel like the the story in a lot of the modern single player games has not hit the right courts that it's it's needed to and um i guess this this is where um unpopular opinion time comes in for me personally <laughs> is uh when i got to final fantasy 7 remakes ending that was a very big low point for me with the the franchise. I know a lot of people love that ending, super excited for it, all the possibilities, whatnot. Because it's uh, not over. Yeah, because it's not over. It's but be... uh, for me, the themes that they were touching on and the stuff that they were bringing into Final Fantasy VII that I personally, personally felt like did not belong there, it was a huge turnoff for me. And then before that, before that... Uh, 13 and 15 uh, have, well, you guys know as Final Fantasy fans, the, <laughs> the, uh, the feelings people have toward those games. And I, I generally share those feelings too. 15, as much as I love it, I mean, my namesake is the Night Sky Prince. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always been a huge Noctis fan and all that stuff. But uh, that game uh, did not hit the right chords with me at all. 13, I don't think it hit the right chords with too much of any. <laughs> It was that it was what they continued like it was like what, who's asking for more of this and they just can like all right we're just committed and I think from a developer perspective we see that they had a hard transition into uh, you know HD gaming and modern gaming and the and the cost mm. and the time the things it would take uh, and so that's where like when even with fifteen as an example um, where when, I, when Yoshi P relaunched fourteen. You know, and he's he's been working on cultural changes within the Square Enix company from a development perspective. I was like, 15, it's already too late from its development cycle. Like, had they had to restart that. They announced that. They've had this problem with announcing games, and then 10 years later, they finally come come out. Mm -hmm. And then 14's so different. That's where it, we'll, we'll transition to 16 here in a minute. But um, with, uh, with 16, I was like, I, even when, like, 15 was getting ready to come out, I was like, 16 is going to be a real litmus test. For me and for the future, I think, of Square Enix in that regards. But go ahead, uh, Ryan. Please continue. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. Um, you know, 15, that was that was like really a case of... Um, and I, I think a lot of people don't know this because it sounds paradoxical to say out loud. It was really a case of we didn't have enough dev time. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Von Don here says most, uh, most of Japan struggled with that transition. Yeah. A lot mm -hmm. of Japanese developers really, really did struggle with that transition. And I, I think, I think that... Uh, they they've sort of really got their bearings now, but it, it did took take a while. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, with, with 15, uh, it was a case of we didn't have enough dev time. And I know a lot of people say, well, you had 10 years. But the, the released product that we got only was in development for roughly three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I felt like an, I, I wish they took a year longer. And then the problem with 15, in my mind, especially when you have the DLCs and all that extra stuff, yeah. like it needed to all be one package. Yeah. But the, I felt like they couldn't, I felt they, they couldn't take that time because they had announced mm -hmm. it originally as another product. And so yeah. then people were like, yeah, it's been 10 years. It's like bummer that they didn't come out, you know, and just say, hey, it's, you know, and that's where 16, I think, is going to be the most interesting. That's uh, the problem with Square. Right? Yeah. You're that guy you always want to invite out. But every time you call, you're like, are you coming? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm already I'm, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. He is not on his way. He has not left. Mm. He is not dressed. Like, he's not even home yet. Has to stop by the house. And you're so, right. like, they announce things so far in advance. It's like. They're not on their way. Like when they announce something, yeah. they haven't even started on it. They don't even know what engine they're programming in. They haven't <laughs> they haven't picked somebody to be in charge. Mm -hmm. Like there's no plan. Like we built a trailer. Seems like a cool idea. Mm -hmm. So like every time like, oh, it's 10 years in development. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. It, 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 it seems to be an, an issue that's like company wide too, because it's not even just Final Fantasy, even with like Kingdom Hearts, you know, <laughs> with Kingdom Hearts 3, you started mm -hmm. out with like Luminous Engine and then like a year into development, they were like, yeah, we're going to trash the whole thing and start over on <laughs> Unreal Engine 4. And I was just like, why? <laughs> it's like, why did you start with Unreal Engine 4? I think that's going to uh, be, yeah. and I think, <laughs> I think that's a perfect time for us to transition kind of into that kind of our first big topic, the future yeah. of the Final Fantasy series, especially as it relates oh. to 16 and 14, both sharing uh, development resources, both sharing a producer, mm. Yoshi P., uh, and the other aspect of it is that when they announced 16, they say that they're targeting 2021 as a release. So ultimately, we're not left thinking it's 10 years. Even if it does get delayed and hits 2022, this does not appear to be a game that we're going to be playing in 2031, which I think is a real plus for the series itself. But yeah. I want to get your take on, uh, you know, the announcement of 16. We got the trailer playing right now. Um, mm. Based off of what you were just sharing with, obviously, your relationship with 13 and 15, and how 14 had an interesting <laughs> interesting time. Mm. Ryan, what are you yeah. looking forward to with Final Fantasy 16? Is this something that you feel is going to uh, rejuvenate the series in some way? Well, yes. Um, with 14, um, again, when I was talking about how the modern series just hasn't hit the right chords that I think that it should be hitting. When I played Final Fantasy 14, um, and I, I really, I think it's, oh, well, for most people, really, it's when I got to Heavensward that it really started hitting the right notes with me. And I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that you need to be doing. Do that thing. Do that thing in the single player games. <laughs> and, um, and that's probably the primary reason that I'm, I'm excited for, for 16, really, is that um, the opportunity for the single player series to have that sort of uh, same narrative inspiration that I find so beautiful with Final Fantasy 14. And then also to have like a sick devil may cry dragon's dogma inspired combat system uh on top of that i think that's going to be like just a really powerful combination uh you know for 14 i guess you know mmo combat doesn't um really hit for some people mm -hmm. um so it's never I, violent right? yeah it's never yeah. violent so it doesn't feel like it has meaning and then you never have mm -hmm. player agency because you can't you have to have players all get to the same boss so we can run it as a group and so you can't make decisions that would not get you to the boss mm, right exactly and so to be able to see that um that team or at least a lot of key staff members from that team be able to do something now where they can do those things and they can do a whole bunch of other things that they probably couldn't do in the context of an mmo uh, i find that truly exciting and then with the way that final fantasy 14 has, in my opinion, again, hit the right chords, hit all the right notes with me uh, in a way that I feel that, okay, this is the direction that the storytelling of the franchise needs to be going. Uh, and, and for more people to be exposed to that, because you know you have a lot of people who are just like, I'm not touching an MMO. Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy fan, love the series, but I'm just not touching it. So to make that uh, even more accessible to people uh, is, is great to me. That's that's what I think series needs to be doing. And de in development for four years when they announced it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to clap for Square. <laughs> it's Thank you for doing the right thing. Yes. It's such an important aspect, too, because it's like we've seen mm -hmm. it over and over again, that, that long development cycle. Uh, leading to, I think, expectations that are just untenable. I've seen, I see it time and time again from 
uh, gamers like, oh, this game's got 10 years of development. They spent $600 million. It's going to be, it's going to be perfect cyberpunk. And then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, <laughs> like maybe it's been that long in development because there's some problems that we need to all be concerned about and have like a, a yeah. real conversation about. Yeah. Extremely long development periods are usually a bad sign. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't realize that a lot of the times it means that, uh, something is going on in the background that's preventing them from proceeding for the next step, whether that's there's no uh, concise vision of what the game should be. There is some sort of uh, financial issue. There is some sort of, um, you know, business politics uh, going on. Uh, But yeah, extremely long development periods does not mean that you're going to get a game that necessarily has that sort of uh, development time Mm -hmm. put into it. I and mean, there's a lot of rework, get... right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't work on something for 10 years continuously and know, like, think about what the hard, think about what hardware has done in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would have had to start at the beginning with what was possible, and that's now outdated. Yeah. Like, that's below min spec now. Yeah. And no one, no one, no one, no one, no one starts and like that too. And then, but no one starts a project and be like, I'm going to work on this for 10 years and it's going to be like the greatest mag- <laughs> magnum. Indie moment. devs do. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with like a lot of roguelikes, but Dwarf Fortress is a game that's going on like 30 years of development. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, but uh, like it's an ASCII game. So mm-hmm. like it's not designed for graphics. And mm-hmm. literally every time hardware upgrades, they're like, great, I can just lay more stuff on top of your CPU. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you're running. <laughs> yeah. Dwarf Fortress can bring it to its knees. Yeah. Um, but so like it happens, but there's a reason it they remain right. in indie like you, can, yeah. you can't be mainstream right. like that you got to get it yeah. together at some point no 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 corporation <laughs> so then let yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Like no corporation wants to you're not gonna build a large yeah. with with yeah. you know decades yeah. of development per title right yeah because uh Diablo's corporations yeah maybe the one example of a game that can come out with diablo is the one example where they can have 10 years of hype and then people are mad when it's anything but that so yeah. you know it, it comes right back around to the same thing yeah um yeah tashiro also makes a great point here so you highlighted the uh, final fantasy 14 devs are also among the greatest at listening to fans and i also i definitely agree i definitely agree um i think that um not not so much now i think square enix as a company as an organization has gotten tremendously better at listening to fans they they are by and far much better before are they where they need to be probably not um, probably not they're getting but better they, i mean <laughs> but avengers is yeah. underneath their banner again just not count that Aven- avengers yes but think think about like think about like 1.0 think about like 2010 like playstation 3 square enix they're a lot better than, than yes. that. Yes. So, how ha, have have they again? Have they gotten better? Yes. And They're greatest big, is relative to everybody else, and yeah. so like there are plenty of examples um, of of other studios missing the mark, um, mm-hmm. the standards that they set. Uh, mm-hmm. So with the with the future future of fourteen and sixteen, um, are you thinking that fourteen is going to be something you're invested in for the long haul? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, way, way, way long haul. I'm I'm so hooked into the story, and uh, the way that they world build is just so incredible, man. There's just <laughs> there's just so many times where I'm playing, and I'm just like, oh, they actually thought about that, like they they really thought about it. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 stuff from like the most simple things to the most major things. Um, and an arbitrary uh, Shadowbringers example, not too spoilery, but um, in, in Rak- uh, Raktika, like when you're like re- uh, learning from like uh, Runar about um, how they have like a religion there that worships darkness. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh yeah, of course they would have like all these like religious customs to worship darkness because the light is like over like running everything. So it's like darkness becomes something sacred and then they have like all of these traditions that they do. And I'm just like, oh, they actually thought about um, how the world would really look like if there was just like this eternal light blinding everyone and how people would actually have their feelings and um, ab- about darkness and what darkness actually represents to them in, in such an intimate way. And I'm like, oh, 
that's actually they they really thought about like oh if this was real this is how it would actually be and there's just an attention to detail um that i feel like the series has not had in in quite some time the... i'm hoping 16 can take that even further yeah. like the mm -hmm. witcher right because you can only do so much world building without having everything be instanced so that like your version of Roktika reflects all of the points of the story you're in. Like you can still, while you're in Roktika at the end of the zone, you can still run into players who are just starting the zone, which means mm. we can't do anything like burn the zone down, right? We can't have like major destruction without mm. phasing happening, without there being multiple Roktikas. And it's like, oh, well, what? And then, and then you run into the issue of like, okay, new players are in Roktika at the beginning and they don't see anybody because everybody else is is past the end point where there's a major shift in the zone. So like, I'm really hoping 16 can take what you're what you're talking about there, like just so much further. Yeah, and I I think we already see it because I think what would uh, we're seeing with the time skip uh, that Clive goes through, or what appears mm -hmm. to be a time skip. I actually I think they confirmed it. Yeah, more or less because at the beginning of the story they say he's like 15 years old. Uh, and he definitely does not look like uh, 15 at the uh, later half of the story. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely definitely looks like he's in like his mid to late 20s. Uh, Which some kids, that's just 16, right? Some kids go yeah. through that. It's, it's just, it's just <laughs> one year. That they is, take a summer true. off and they come back and it's like, like hey, you have a well, beard now. What happened to you, man? <laughs> oh man, Cl Clive uh, started. I'm a man. I don't know. Puberty man. was intense. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, I ate so much pizza. <laughs> Started playing a little football, and I don't know, man. Clive. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, so I think they're already taking advantage of that, uh, what you're talking about, what they couldn't do in 14 without having to instance everything, basically. The, uh, the thing that excites me is about 16 and 14 in general is that with 16, it's the Heavensward team, and we've been playing the trailer for Heavensward, and it just brings back such good memories, and it's such a powerful expansion. And it's one of the things that, like, as a content creator, as we talk to new players, and as a struggle with ARR, and I know that I, I always want to be clarifying that not everybody will struggle with ARR. If you had a great ARR experience, that's amazing. I did too. But when I talk to a lot of people who are like, people keep saying this game's great. Why am I not having fun? And it's like... There's a little bit of a trial and error. This is kind of like a weed out class in college. Like you get through this, you're going to be fine. And you're going to probably even enjoy the game more having had that experience. But, uh, you know, Shadowbringers actually, in Chris's case, actually acts as a really good entry point. If somebody just starts there, plays that, and then dives back into New Game Plus, they end up having a different experience. That's one of the things we've been exploring on our YouTube channel. But I'm personally just excited to see what Yoshi P and his team can do not having to save an MMO, but to sit here and say, like, what kind of game and story do we want to tell and allow mm. them that time to build it out? And the fact is, I've said it for a long time, the best thing that they are doing right now, personally speaking, is they let us know about the game when it's close to being released. Even if it gets delayed now a little bit, they're talking about this game targeting this year alone, even if it doesn't make 2021 due to the way the world is, Mm. that doesn't have me sitting here going like, oh, that sounds, you know, like they're showing us combat. They already have more announcements they were talking about making in February. Like at the core of it, I'm really excited to see where we go with this, what they do with it. And um, and I think that is going to be something that it will hopefully set a new tone for the series, especially being that this game is M rated. They're already showing yeah. blood. They're already like, when we talk about why people, like people love The Witcher. It has such a huge impact. And it's mm. like, why would Square Enix, a company that has such a profound history, like shackle itself to saying, no, we have to stick with teen. It's like, no, Witcher 3 sold just fine. Like yeah. when Deadpool came out, they say, Deadpool said, yeah, you can make an R-rated comedy and still make money. Like there's certain mm. things that it's like, okay, let's just make the game you want to make. And as long as they target that, I think 16 is going to be just fine. Any, uh, any thoughts on 16 and 14 before we get into our second topic? Oh, man. So... You can tell there are certain times in, in 14 they would really like to push that M button, like <laughs> be like, let's 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 do M rated. But the, you know they they can't, so they have to they have to kind of have to imply it in the details. They can't be explicit. So mm -hmm. to see them be able to to be explicit in what they want to do for 16, uh, super exciting. I, I just feel like 16 is is a place for that team 
to unleash all of the energy that they can't unleash in 14, but you know that they want to. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what excites me the most about it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to type in, we kind of touched on a little bit of this, uh, this topic already um, in, in certain parts of earlier in this, in this podcast. So guys, if you're watching this as a part of the work to game highlight piece, be sure to go and check out the full podcast below. But uh, you had an experience with 1.0 and 2.0, and then obviously due to life reasons, you took the, the rest mm -hmm. of the time off and you also had an experience with previous games. Now, why did you end up waiting so long before jumping back into 14? And what would be some advice you would have for players either on the fence about starting or on the fence about should they return now? Mm. So when you're a content creator, especially, there is a sort of pressure to keep playing games and to keep playing a diverse amount of games so that you're uh, you're always in the know and you can always pivot into different content. So I always have that that sort of pressure to to be able to play other JRPGs. And so when I'm looking at Final Fantasy 14, I'm like, that's that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. And I, I think that even a lot of uh, people who aren't content creators sort of feel that pressure like, oh my God, that's so much time I have to spend to be caught up and experience what everyone's talking about. So that put me off for a long time because I figured, I was like, oh, it's going to take so long for me to get to all of the latest content, which by the way, it, it honestly didn't take as long uh, to get to the content that I wanted to be on. Me or How many hours do you think you spent? Oh my gosh. Um, Can you break it down by expansion or by oh, pre-Shadowbringers to post-Shadowbringers? So, man, so when I came back, I was on 2.1 mm -hmm. and... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how long it took before I got to, to Heaven Tort. So this was before um, the patch rolled out with uh, flying in it uh, for Realm Reborn Zones. And a uh, hundred uh, quests removed from the section you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was it was a uh, pain when I was going through that that section. And uh, now, thankfully, it's, it's nowhere near um, the arduous task that it once was. But uh, it, it kind of felt like a burden, actually, when I first started back. I was like, oh, God. I was like, how long is this going to take before I get to the good parts? Uh, now, thankfully, it does, not, it does not take long at all. I have friends who, like, I recommended the game to, and then they hop in, and, like, I, I swear, like, two or three weeks later, they're already like, hey, like, I'm already, in, like, in the middle of Heaven's Word. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So they, they've, they've done a lot to, to reduce um, uh, the less enthusiastic parts of the game and so uh but anyway i when i when i did a hop back in uh and i got to heaven's word that's that's when i i really 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 got hooked and uh, i even love stormblood which mm -hmm. i know is i i call it the final fantasy 8 of 14 hmm, that's uh, an interesting <laughs> that's it because there are people who adore uh stormblood i am not i'm not one of them like you know and so and i, I don't mean anything against anybody who bad that mm. that was their version it just didn't i was like okay like it felt like especially when you put it together with Shadowbringers, like it yeah. felt like it was a part one of a part two you know and mm. so Shadowbringers somewhat completes it in a way and now we're somewhat kind of yeah. resolving that with boja so i just felt right. like i so i would probably have enjoyed uh stormblood way more if boja was a part of that entire story because i felt like we were like where's the war like how in the heck are we continually taking land back from this massive like body of government with warships and that have conquered so much land and they're just like mm. meh all right we'll we'll negotiate with you like I don't know, I, I just I, there was a, a disconnect for me with uh, Stormblood because I was like, mm. I felt like it was all building up to like a, a war, and it is. It's just taking longer than I thought. Like it would. I was like, oh, this would be yeah. great. Like, what if there's a zone that we're always pushing, you know, trying to push forward, and they're pushing back, and that was you know my own expectations not set correctly with the uh, with the reality of their development schedule. Mm. But, but like, please go ahead. No, so I, I think Stormblood actually hit differently for me mm -hmm. because uh, I, I sort of came in like once all that content was there. And so just being able to go through that as, as, as more like a section of the game than rather the hotly anticipated new expansion kind of uh, gives me a different mindset when I was going through it. Mm-hmm. And also I, I have like a, I have a bias toward uh, like Asian fantasy over like European fantasy. 
I, I love like Asian fantasies. So like Final Fantasy X, like aesthetically, one of my favorite Final Fantasies. So uh, for me, it, it hit on those notes really, really well. And uh, also, I, I I'm a big uh, Yotsuyu simp, as you guys have noticed. <laughs> so with the so like clearly you've you've separated yourself somewhat from like how much of a grind and you've kind of taken it as these chapters which is probably a healthy way to take in this content um mm -hmm. and you've you you know there is a difference in living in an expansion versus coming in later and there's pros and cons to both you're advising friends to come in and then you're checking in on them weeks later um, and you've left them to go through story kind of unattended, which is what we do to all new players. We say, just get started. It's a free trial through Heaven's Word. Call me when you're done. Uh, and then mm -hmm. and then we just leave them alone for weeks. Like, mm -hmm. is there any advice as far as like warning them that this is they're joining a massively multiplayer online single player game? Like, like <laughs> how are you presenting that? Like, it's it's going to be just you for the first 300 hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the tough thing usually with my friends i'm like hey i'm like once you get your first duty like let me know like stasha or whatever <laughs> like like hey I'll, I'll hop in on that with you and and usually that's sort of the point where they're like oh okay it's kind of fun playing with people i'm like yeah but um for for, for a lot of people though um who aren't accustomed to having played mmorpgs and they want just final fantasy 14 to just be a final fantasy and not necessarily an MMO, I think they'll be okay with it being alone. In fact, one of the questions that I get on my community, because it's mostly single player people, they're like, how much of the game can I play without interacting with the single soul? <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. Almost all Shadowbringers. Yeah, yeah, almost all Shadowbringers, right? <laughs> but I'm just like, and, and, and you think that's fun too. Like when, when you're a new player, like, ah, oh, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to be alone. It's just going to be me. I don't want to interact with anyone. I wish they would implement the trust system in like a realm reborn so I could just <laughs> not, not talk to anybody. Um, and then like you get in there and like you start interacting with people and you start making like friends in there and stuff. And then before you know it, you almost like, you just you really don't want to play alone. And then uh, I think for me, actually it's actually a little bit harder now to go back to the single player series in a way because I, i'm always thinking like oh man like um it's so much fun when i have like five of my friends like trailing alongside <laughs> me as i like run through like all yeah. of these quests and then uh, you know we, we all get to go and experience the boss fight together and and, and share, share these moments and you know final fantasy um even throughout the um, history of the single player series has always had this incredible way of connecting people. So before I even touched MMOs, period, um, I was already knee deep in the Final Fantasy community and meeting literally thousands of people at this point. And dude, it's just been such an incredible experience. And, and so now to actually be able to experience Final Fantasy together with people and and not just like, not not be it with, with air quotes, but actually, actually together, mm -hmm. um, that that was um, a uh, cerebral experience, actually. Now, Final Fantasy fifteen added uh, the comrades like multiplayer expansion uh, to its repertoire, uh, mm. to its universe of, of etc. Uh, yeah. Would you uh, would you want to see Final Fantasy sixteen add some kind of multiplayer component that's not necessarily a part of the main campaign, but a way that you can continue to play in that that space and that world with your friends? So, I think for games like Final Fantasy multiplayer is like the ideal dlc because with story content it feels like mm -hmm. you either in, in order to make it relevant enough to have people buy it you basically either have to cut something from the game or omit really important information and we saw that with uh final fantasy 15 i don't want to spoil it for anyone who um who has not played ff15 yet somehow uh through almost um, while the game is coming up on like its fifth anniversary before long, oh my god, I feel old. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, for for anyone who hasn't played it, all I will say is um, the shenanigans with Ignis, all that stuff. That information just should not have been withheld from the player and 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 been sold as a DLC. Yeah, I don't I don't think anyone like it. And then the DLC was actually fire. That was a great DLC, one of the best DLCs released for that game. But it just it's just something that. Um, 
was so pivotal to actually understanding the story and the, the story making sense mm-hmm. that it's just like, why was that DLC? <laughs> Dude, that's so, the problem with 15. It was that it was piecemeal. Yeah. Like you have to experience the entire thing. And the thing yeah. is, is that it's like going to a store mm. and then it's like, oh, if you want the rest of this like thing that you came to buy from us, you got to go to another store and then purchase it from there. And then, oh, by the way, like it's there's actually a fourth store involved. Yeah, we did tell you about that when you got started on this journey. And yeah. uh, and you might want to go watch this movie at the theater before you even do any of this. You know, it's yeah. like, what? Yeah. Why? Why <laughs> yeah. would you like? And I, I think that just came down to like, what yeah. do we have the time to complete? Yeah. And that's why I was like, give it another. If they gave it like another year and it was just like, here's the whole experience go nuts i think it would have probably i think people would have a much better experience with 15 overall Mm. who knows yeah and and that's why like with comrades too i again a very very ideal dlc because it was like 20 dollars for a multiplayer mode and uh it expanded the game like by like hundreds of hours dude you could play play that game for like hundreds of hours plus the and, loading times you know it's like it's yeah. a, maybe like yeah. 50, 60 hours of of gameplay yeah. and 40 hours of load screens but yeah, yeah. absolutely so, yeah 15 15 was 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 bad about that in general but uh it so that that was that was super cool i would love to see a a multiplayer dlc for 16 coming from this team especially yeah. And seeing what they can do from like uh, seeing what they could do with like instanced uh, small multi small scale multiplayer where it's just like four people and they can do like um, a lot of the same stuff they could do uh, in a single player game. They could also do multiplayer type stuff, too. It's just it would just be really cool. I think Comrades is the right thing to go as far as Mm -hmm. as Final Fantasy DLC goes. I don't think selling pivotal, important story information. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. I agree. 100%. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's that's going to take us right now into our third topic for the day uh, as we uh, as we count down. Now, for anybody who's just checking this out, whether you're watching it uh, as a part of the highlight itself or if you're watching us live, just note, I'm going to put a light spoiler warning in this case. Uh, that does not mean we will talk about spoilers, but I don't want to limit uh, Ryan to his, his thoughts, especially as we talk about the expectations for Endwalker. Uh, I just am very excited about that expansion. So just note, uh, if you guys want to come check this out after the fact, light spoiler warning uh, right now here at the start of this uh, of this third topic for the podcast itself. Now, you said, Ryan, uh, you tweeted this out. Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers 5.3 presents a conclusion so strong that it could not only have been the conclusion to Final Fantasy XIV, it could have been the conclusion to the entire Final Fantasy franchise and felt satisfying, truly the best writing the series has seen in ages. I have to say mm. from this tweet, you are clearly a fan. This is clearly <laughs> restored, like I would say almost in the in your, like has this restored your faith in the series as a whole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you definitely don't write something like that and then be like, mm, seven out of 10. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it restored my my faith in, in Final Fantasy as a whole, man. I was, I was sort of like, I was on at the point where I sort of was like, is Final Fantasy even for me anymore? And it was really at that point too, uh, post remake, where um, again, you know, uh, there was sort of a narrative diversion, let's just say, with remake, and a lot of people were were very uh, big fans of it. I think the majority of people were, and I was not. So I was almost like, man, is, is this Final Fantasy just not for me anymore? And then when yeah. I came, I came back to Final Fantasy fourteen, hitting that Shadowbringers content, especially, I was just like, oh no. Final Fantasy is is still for me. This is this is still for me. This is yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. It's just it, man. Strong strong feelings, and now going into Inwalker and seeing how they can possibly surpass what they did in 5.0, and I just I don't know how they're gonna do it, but I I think I think they have a setup that allows them to potentially do it. We could have a great game and it not be as good as Shadowbringers. That's like, true. It does not have to be as good as 5.0 to be a good experience. And, and, but but you know what though, and I, I imagine that's what's terrifying for the team because they can. Yoshi not... P did told yeah. them that their bonuses would not be based on Metacritic scores. Now, ironically, that of course got like the highest Metacritic scores that they've ever gotten. But that's what set them free. Yoshi P said, "Just 
let's just make the game we want to make. Um, and I think the, the blueprint is there for that, right? The things that they revealed in the FanFest showcase where he talked about, like, they're making changes that are not popular. They spent, what, five or ten minutes explaining what a stat squish was just to make sure we're on the same page mm -hmm. because like so they're they're taking steps to make the structural changes necessary to make the gameplay experience that they wanted so like i think there's a pretty high likelihood they made the game they want to make it's just whether or not it's the game we want to follow shadowbringers mm. yeah and 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 that's that's really good I, I i don't really believe that developers should have metacritic bonuses i i understand why they do but uh, I, I think that that's just too much pressure on the team. And, uh, you it's, know, you it's never easy you never, is yeah. what it is. Like what Yoshi yeah. P did was he set him free, but they're like, you, you're, do, you're taking a risk, right? When it's like, hey, I can, if you do this and we can get this, it, you start playing, it's almost the algorithmic game. You almost start playing to a ever setting change of rules. And I think essentially what that does is it messes with your psyche, you know, psyche. Like, oh, I really want to explore this, but... If you start sitting here trying to create art and saying, how will somebody see this art and take it? And, oh, what if they don't like it? And so then you hold back. You don't, you don't, full, you don't say, hey, here it is, right? So at the end mm -hmm. of the day, I think Shadowbringers uh, benefited from that freedom of just make the game you want to make. And your financial life isn't going to be based off of whether somebody on YouTube or Twitter or Twitch likes it or not. And I think that ultimately is a very strong aspect and a very freeing aspect to it uh but it's a risk because like like if you're sitting here like oh okay <laughs> you know like yeah if you, you everybody's kind of been built into this this mindset chris you so look like you got a thought good based on your tweet there's there's a real risk there in feeling like 5.3 wrapped everything up right and now they're turning around and they're opening it back up what what do you need from 6.0 to make it feel like we shouldn't have just stopped at 5.3 because 6.0 says it's going to wrap it up for real. Right. So they're mm -hmm. like, this is, you stayed for the credits. They're going to show you one more thing. And this really is going to be the end of the film. And with 6.1, we're going to begin a new story ish. Like what, what about 6.0 makes it worth extending in your mind? Oh man. Uh, well, first of all, we got Xenos and everything with Xenos. <laughs> <laughs> him sitting in so his chair that, like he's always sitting yeah. in a daggum chair let's yeah. go <laughs> yeah um you know the uh, honestly with 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 5.3 that that could have been a conclusion to the whole arc with with all of the Asians and everything like that but it, it, it does feel like there's a little bit more story to tell with um what you can do with all the Asians and everything like that so that much is is still going to be present and um, i think that there is a lot of interesting things they can do with fan daniel uh, i think the biggest question for me now going back to xenos is what role is he going to play because i don't think he's going to play the obvious role that would immediately come to mind mm -hmm. and I, I don't think that they're, they're just going to straight up play him as a sort of anime protagonist in the same way that they do if you guys watch jojo's bizarre adventure i always call him the dio of uh final fantasy 14 he's, he's very much a like a like a very like anime type villain but i think i think they're gonna subvert away from that here i wonder i really hope that they do something substantial with him because i i thought he was a threat and then essentially he's just become this annoyance of like i want to kill you i want to i'm looking for a good fight and that you know it's like he seems so one-dimensional and i would love to see him get a little bit of dimension and maybe it's just that he went crazy or something like that, being infused, uh, you know, with the uh, with the echo, you know, artificially and things like that. So I'm just like, I, I hope that we get a good payoff. I think uh, obviously my my personal take has always been, the best villains are the ones who are motivated because they think they're the hero. You know, it's mm. like okay, like all right, I don't like doing this as much as as anybody else, but it has to get done for the sake of billions of lives. You know, it's like okay, right. but. Like they're the ones who that they feel like they're the the only ones who can make the tough call, um, so that everybody can be saved and you know and that's I think those are the the best villains because it's like they're they don't see themselves as the bad guy they don't see themselves mm. they're justified in their actions and you are just a you're just ignorant and then where they get lost is when they lose their humanity when they lose the 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 those that they're fighting for and and things like that and that's where it's like that's why I hope. We get either from Fan Daniel or Xenos, but everything Fan Daniel's shown us up to this point, I'm like, 
dude's just crazy. Like if this yeah. is just like the expansion where it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm really hoping that we see some powerful payoff uh, at right. the end of it. Yeah. And and then you also kind of have two chaotic evils there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So you have Xenos and Fandaniel, right? So I, I feel like one of them has to subvert away from that. That or they have or, to have somebody or, else yeah. to come into play and be like, uh, you know, like when we look at the connection, uh, you know, did you, uh, we didn't talk about this earlier in the show, but Final Fantasy being a big uh, franchise, uh, where, where do you fall with Final Fantasy 4? Final Fantasy 4, man, it, it has been some years since I played it. I've only played the the DS port, but I, I really love Final Fantasy 4. Well, and, I love, love the homages to it so far. That yes. But there's oh. also like there's a lot of homages in which that some like okay yeah like the the bad guy who thought that was the bad guy turns out like no there's like these deeper connections and you know like I'm hoping that we get to see something now we got the four fiends we've got there's so many things that I love four was when I fell in love with Final Fantasy because I didn't mm. I played one and I was like this game sucks um, but <laughs> uh, and then eventually I went back and, and beat it and I was like oh this is you know like now like I really enjoy it but. The uh, four is like as a big important aspect in my Final Fantasy uh, mm-hmm. lexicon, and so I, I love the themes and the homages, especially mm-hmm. Shadowbringers two and Walker going from a Dark Knight to a Paladin, going to mm-hmm. the Moon. We got. I'm hopeful yeah. that we'll have some of that aspects here, yeah. uh, but we have to like if it's just like you said, two chaotic bad guys. Like if it's just chaos for chaos sake, uh, like it's it's an easy choice. You know, it's mm. destroy the chaos because we have to for the sake of everybody, but. Right. I don't. I don't ultimately know. You, you know, Final Final Fantasy Four, and and I, I know someone's someone's gonna kill me for this, but Final <laughs> Fantasy Four, in some ways, is the first Final Fantasy. I, I know someone's gonna. There was three other ones, but what I mean by that is uh, everything that we associate with Final Fantasy now, or or re- like like heavily associated the way that we think of Final Fantasy in like modern context, mm-hmm. really started with four and not one through three. And and so four, I I almost feel like is is like the most foundational Final Fantasy that there is. I can agree with that. Now uh, Kefka, interesting and uh, I guess fitting enough, says not everyone needs to be like Emmett. Xenos is a fine villain. Having this kind of villain from time to time is fun. What do you guys think about I, that? I, I I don't disagree. The only the only point that I was making there is is that we have both Xenos and Fandaniel who are both the same type of chaotic evil for the most part. There is not as much distinction between the two. Yeah. So I, I agree with you one hundred percent, Kafka here. That not everyone needs to be like Emmett. Not everyone needs to have like a deep. Uh, well, obviously you 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 call yourself Kafka on here. So uh, I actually I think I know who you are. I think I know who you are. You're on my stream all the time. Love you, bro. Um, I'm pretty sure I recognize. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh not yeah not everyone needs to be uh uh lawful evil not everyone needs to be like an emmet there's chaotic evil is fine it's just that uh we have two chaotic evil presences so how does that work what do you think about that chris i think that one could be manipulating the other right mm. you you are you are the summary of the four to seven people you surround yourself with and so you know if you you actively surround yourself with crazy people right mm. that could be that you're escaping from something or you're working or you're on the side you're working towards towards something um and this is just a place that you're comfortable for now so like xenos could just be sit back letting fan daniel be that part of his personality mm. and like he's just being and then there can be some other motive there um we haven't even talked about heidelin and zodiac so mm-hmm. like clearly there's some motivations in the room that are a, a little bit larger that like mm. i don't i'm now playing through arr for the first time i've been playing since 2.0 as a gameplay but um shadowbringers was the first time that i found final fantasy 14 story something that really captured me mm. and so i'm now going back through arr effectively for the first time and like i'm not entirely sure i like us like the warrior of light yeah like i don't i don't really identify as the character that is on the other side of my keyboard um and i find that really frustrating and and a lot of that comes down to the way mmos don't allow for agency right is i can't make that character into something that reflects even a part of me they are who they are and like there are decisions that have to get made to get us through you know all the expansions 
So like, I already know where we end up and there's nothing I'm going to be able to do to steer that. I already know what fights we're going to fight in, where we're going to triumph, where we're going to fall. I already know all of that from a gameplay and now I'm just filling in the gaps mm -hmm. and like our just lack of motivation and many times just lack of speech altogether, which mm -hmm. that can just come down to, they didn't want to put words in our mouth or they didn't want to deal with the fact that we don't have a voice actor or it can come down to a number of just like technical things outside of the game, just from like a developer standpoint. But like, I don't like that. We're this silent hero for so much of it. Like we mm -hmm. just nod and go along. And like, I have to wonder how much of that is tied to our relationship with Heidelin. And so mm -hmm. like, that's that like, we're all talking about Xenos and stuff, but if 6.0 is really wrapping some things up, like, the, that this whole Xenos thing better tie back to Zodiac so that can tie back to Heidelin because we can't just be like, and that's resolved. No, <laughs> like, we have questions. Yeah. Uh, so, so in 6.1, Warrior of Light's going to talk. That would be mind blowing. That yeah. would be mind. Can but you no. imagine if we have like a, a voice? I picture like a Spaceballs reference there, like some yeah. joke voice, like all along we've had. <laughs> like you pick a voice in the character creation screen, and that's not our voice. Yeah, just. No, I, 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 I always thought like, how, how cool would it be, like at, at the end of like, at the end of like 6.0, at the end of like 6.0, the camera just turns to like your warrior of light, and then they, they have like all the voice actors go and record a line, that you picked from your voice selection, and then it just says the line. I, I would love that. That'd be nice. So, so would you, would you cut it short? Because we don't have like, all the time in the world. But yeah. when, I, when I studied abroad, I lived with a woman who only spoke Spanish. Uh, and oh. the guy that I lived with was determined to only try to speak as, as much English as possible. So it was just a constant bickering back and forth all summer because they weren't speaking the same language. And I was stuck in between not really knowing a lot of Spanish. And at the end of the summer, she got frustrated and she said to him... Like they were arguing over food and she goes chicken and stormed out. And so she knew English. And so like the whole summer, she'd just been speaking Spanish and she knew English. And like, so to get to the end and we have this silent hero for 2.0, for 3.0, for 4.0, through 5.0, where we have like major feels like, nope, Ardbert, not worth it. Not worth it. This isn't where I'm going to show my voice. Yeah. And then we get to the end of 6.0 and it turns to the camera. And my character wears a pig suit in game, a metallic <laughs> pig suit, turns to the camera. So there's no facial expression, blank eyes and just goes quite a ride. And then it cuts <laughs> like I will lose it. I will lose it. Like just yeah. you mean we could talk the whole time? <laughs> like, and then you, you can't even continue after that. You just have to cut the credits. They're, yeah, right. They're the like, right well, the yeah. just, <laughs> I, I get, and then they're like Final Fantasy 17 coming uh, fall 2022. Yeah. Like, oh, OK, yeah. let's do this yeah. thing, I guess. Oh my gosh, that'd yeah. be freaking hilarious. Oh my gosh. Um, we've come to the uh, end of the podcast. I do want to say, Ryan, uh, like any final thoughts, anything you want to share, anything you want to plug? Where can people find you, man? Oh man, you can find me on YouTube at uh, The Night Sky Prince. Uh, and on Twitch, you can find me also, uh, The Night Sky Prince, uh, on Twitter, because um, I don't know who you are who took uh, Night Sky Prince, uh, the at, but uh, if I ever find you, um, because you left the account completely blank and don't even like, dude, I, I literally want that account so bad, but uh, it's Night Sky Prince underscore mm. on Twitter. Nice. <laughs> um, anything you want to you plug or anything you got, you're got you working on? You're excited oh, about? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I am working on a uh, comprehensive uh well, maybe not too comprehensive, but if you've been following my sort of uh, review series of each expansion pack as someone who's sort of late to the game, uh, I am currently working on my Shadowbringers review. So please be sure to keep an eye out for that. And one last word to all the Final Fantasy fans who are so determined to be single player only, please, please download the trial, give it a shot, I guarantee a realm reborn may not, you know, it's hit and miss for some people. I guarantee you, if you get to heaven's word, if you get to heaven's word, which is also part of the free trial, you're going to be hooked. Chris, how about you? Uh, I'm, I'm live on Twitch right now. So eight to two CST, uh, five days a week. Um, 
comprehensive but not comprehensive like sums up my entire experience with games it's like i know everything unless you know something i don't in which case i don't know that uh <laughs> so like comprehensive but not comprehensive is, is, is a perfect way of phrasing it <laughs> um so yeah i'm i'm having a blast i'm looking forward to 6.0 our next podcast is uh february 19th with ethos asher so if you think so light spoiler will not be the appropriate phrase that will be mm. heavy spoiler um, if you see Ethos's face and you have not finished the story, it's a handsome face. Mute, mute the sound. Like the, you, that's it. You, you can't, you can't listen to that guy say a single word because it's all spoiler all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, that concludes episode seventy of the Casually Hardcore podcast. My name is Brian. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for everybody watching live and everybody's watching later. On that case, we appreciate your engagement. We love you very much. We hope that you have a fantastic day. We hope to see you in our next one. But until then, take care. <laughs>